For your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 334 of This Old Marketing for Thursday, July 28th, 2022. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and you know what? A guy who definitely is a fan of the Chaco Taco, Mr. Joe Polizzi. Is the Chaco Taco having a comeback that I'm not aware of? You you have not been paying attention to the buzz? No, this is the the moment of the the show. The Chaco Taco? No, this is the moment of the show where you do something pop culture-y that I have no clue what's going on, and then I claim ignorance, and then you go ahead and tell me, What's so fascinating about Chaco Taco? So, so do you know what a Chaco Taco is? Yeah, just for, it's a, just it, at least if I'm familiar with it, it's a in the shape of a taco, but it's it's ice cream. That's right, made by Klondike. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what would you do for a Klondike bar? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's Chaco Tacos, which I, you know, I've had many, many times. Um, apparently, uh, on this week. Uh, Klondike, the maker of the Chaco Taco, has officially discontinued the famous, wonderful ice cream treat, and people are upset. Not because of people sales? Really? Is there some other reason? What's the reason? Uh, the, the, the reason is, uh, they well, Klondike has officially discontinued the famous Chaco Taco, and fans of the sweet treat are not happy, says this one news article. Um As they said, this is what Klondike said, unfortunately, the Chaco Taco has been discontinued in both 1CT and 4CT packs, which I guess is one count and four count, (laughs) uh, read by a tweet by Klondike. I'm not sure why they use sort of the retailer jargon in their own tweet, but okay, fine. Uh, Basically, over the past two years, we have experienced an unprecedented spike in demand across our portfolio and have had to make very tough decisions to ensure availability of our full portfolio nationwide. Now, I take that as a marketing stunt that they're bringing back the Chaco Taco and they're discontinuing oh, it because it, they're trying to It could be like the, I mean, the like the Shamrock Shake. The McRib. Yeah, yeah or, the, or, or the McRib. Yeah, well yeah. that makes that makes sense. So they're going to build up some suspense around when is it going to be available so that we can all enjoy That's the right. Chaco Taco. Okay. Well, yes. And so uh, I think, you know, putting again putting on my tinfoil hat here, my marketing tinfoil hat that this is some marketers, some brand managers, crazy idea, went to his or her boss and went, hey, I got a good idea. Let's announce we're discontinuing the Chaco Taco. That'll make a run on Chaco Tacos, first of all. So we'll sell out all the inventory that we have. Then what we can do is just take a pause, build up some social media, you know, loveliness and wonderful karma then we'll we'll reintroduce it in some special markets in pop-up stores and all that so you can only get the choco taco for a limited time and we'll slowly bring it back and it'll build in a new market for us that is absolutely the mcrib formula yep and then their boss went that's a genius idea i love it it not only saves money this year in a world of inflation but it actually builds in and gets rid of the inventory that we have Go do it. Go make that happen for me. So, and that person is, that's a, my prediction. New, is a rock star within Klondike Incorporated. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's a gamble, right? I mean, this is this is a 
you know, the, the, the gamble is, is that people continue to care about the Chaco taco, um, you know, and, and, and they can keep up the, they can keep up the hype because they may very well go, eh, eh, okay. Chaco taco, whatever. Bye-bye. Now I'm on to the next thing. So they've, they got a big job ahead of them. We'll see if they can pull oh, it off. They probably hired some. It's in- a bold move, Cotton. Yeah, Let's see if it works bl- out for them. <laughs> they probably hired some influencers <laughs> to say, well, where's my Chaco Taco? I'm missing it. And you'll have the big no doubt. up. Oh, God. No doubt. Oh, no doubt. There's a whole, there's a PowerPoint deck that's at least 100 slides big on this thing. It's actually, yeah. I know there's a lot, There's there has been a lot written on the McRib, and we've talked about it on the show, but it absolutely is brilliant because the McRib sandwich is just, it's fine. It's nothing special, but the fact that they reintroduce—it's it, not it. only nothing special. It's 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 it is. You might say it's horrible, and it's, it's the so texture. Horrible. It, it, it's awful. It's. <laughs> I mean, let's just be. Let, it, it, there is. It, it, it is. It is really, really bad. I mean, and to me, it's not the taste necessarily. It's the texture. That you know, if you've enjoyed a good, you know, on bone rib, which I have many, many times, um, it, you know, the ribs without the bones which is of course what the McRib is which is just but it, but it makes it look they make it look like there is I know they, it, they mold it the, into a thing that looks like ribs the molder. which is somehow worse uh, you know that there's a plastic mold somewhere where it molds this meat into the shape of a rib um, but then the, te- the texture to me is just like it's just not right. There's something about it that's just not right. It's weird. You know, I, that whole like putting it in the McRib in the molder thing, it really kind of weirds me out. But I don't have a problem. Oh, yeah. There's somebody whose job that is, by the way. Think about that for a moment. There's somebody whose job it is to, to take a handful with a plastic glove of something. Oh, they're going down the meat, assembly line. Put it into the molder. Yeah, this goes down I, the I know. assembly line where they put the – it's all liquid. It's lick. We don't. Oh, we don't there want you it. go. Oh my god. Oh, nasty. It is. It. That, it's absolutely. I don't it doubt is. it. I don't doubt it. It's. That's the thing. That's the thing. That was the thing about Arby's for years. Everyone thought that they get. You know, you had actual beef. It was just liquid. And, and then they heated it up, and, and then it looked like it became a solid. Right. It's like that pink uh, chicken nugget goo. Well, that. Yeah. Well, what's that's what I was going to talk about with chicken nuggets is for some reason the McRib bothers me but the dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets don't they're right exactly they look fun you know like yeah i definitely want to eat a stegosaurus it's that looks fantastic let's do that that's right why is it (laughs) that i have these feelings about the mcrib like they're doing something wrong it's 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 the uncanny valley thing i think it's where it's you know it looks too much like what the original thing looks like but not quite enough to so your brain goes this isn't right you know it's the for those of you who don't know the uncanny valley is when you look at uh, a human face computer generated or a robot and you still have the you have this really funny weird sort of fearful uh, in many cases feelings because it's not quite human it's the that's the sort of i think that's that's what freaks you out about because the stegosaurus you know you know what you're getting yourself into i mean it's the equivalent of a warner brothers cartoon right you know you there's no doubt about what you're biting into um but with a mcrib it looks just enough like a side of ribs a small side of ribs to make you go huh this makes me uncomfortable you know it's interesting too (laughs) as we're talking about the the mcrib is and we're going to talk about a lot of earnings reports from our favorite tech companies today but 
uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw yeah. McDonald's and Coca-Cola's reports as well. They're doing fantastically well. Oh yeah. In this, in this well, the, tr- the trouble they're having is, of course, the strength of the strength of the dollar is 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 the only troubles they're having. Well, and also there was for a long time there was that shortage of aluminum, where you could of get. They, yeah. They had a shortage of their different uh, lines because of. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, this is just a weird. It's just a weird economy. It's a very weird we time. Yeah, it's a very right weird time. Like, is, is are yeah. you feeling the recessionary pull in California? Does, is it a thing? I know inflation is. Uh, it, inflation is definitely here, um, you know, because, of course, gas prices here, fuel prices, electricity prices, everything has gone up. Groceries have gone up markedly, enough to notice it, right? Um, you know, I, I, you know I, I'll, I'll immediately admit my privilege with you know the fact that we're not we're not in a situation where uh, budgets are so tight that it you know we're having to sacrifice things. Um, we're just sort of you know eating a little bit of the you know the the sort of prices. I have started. To, I, I will say this: I've made some different choices about brands because of prices um, here. You know, so I've done some. You know, I've bought some of the grocery store brands instead of like premium brands and and those kinds of things because they're they're cheaper. Shopping a little more at Trader Joe's, cutting, cutting some coupons. Um, cut, no, not cutting in coupons I yet. See, but but I the, can't see Robert Rose cutting coupons. I'm just sorry, I can't. You're a good. That's a good vision for that. I, I would put that. For, yeah, <laughs> we're not really a coupon cutting family. Yeah, that that's not. You're, you're top that's shelf not really our tequila style. guy. I mean, come on. That well, we have not sacrificed there. I will tell you that. Although I have <laughs> to tell you, you're saving money at the yeah. grocery store by that's going right. to we're, the, we're, the, but, the store brands so that you could. I'll tell you, we haven't seen. Yeah, we have not seen a big increase there. I, I, it may be there, and I, I just I'm unaware of it. But um, my, my favorite brands of tequila that I that I buy regularly have not really increased in price. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not a lot. Shipping has increased quite a yeah. bit. You know, it costs more to ship stuff, but but that's but that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes, we are feeling it here in California a little bit, but you know, uh I, I'm actually strangely a little more bullish now than I was even 2 months ago. Bullish on what? The economy? Everything. Everything. Yeah. Everything. I'm a little more. I'm a. I'm a little more. I'm feeling a little more positive about the way the directions and stuff. Because, well, we can see prices coming down um, across the so board. So you think we've hit peak much. inflation? No, not in some categories. I think we have. Yeah, Maybe I gas, fuel. Yeah. You know, power, energy. You know, uh, those kinds of things. I think we certainly have. Um, I think there's probably some laggards there that will that that have not hit their peak yet. Um, and I think some, like just to our point that we were talking about earlier with the weirdness that's going on, a lot of that, you know, I think there's a lot of different layered reasons we're seeing this inflation. And it's not just one thing like it sometimes is, um, which, you know, which is why we see this sort of weird conflicting signals of, you know, high employment, um, but yet, you know, some austerity moves, yet corporate profits are doing pretty good, you know, with the exception of what we'll talk about today. Exactly. A lot of the, you know, a lot, uh, you know, I think the two thirds of the, the earnings reports in the second quarter have been, they've been beating their estimates. So companies are feeling pretty good right now. Um, you know, consumer sentiment, however, is not good. So 
I'm feeling like it's it, it's it. We're at that sort of messy bottom, right? You know, we're you know we're where things are like churny, and there's a lot of churn going on in every sort of sector, and and it feels like the the end of summer could be sort of our you know our sort of pullback on the stick and start to you know start to maybe go up again. It's, yeah, it's a strange. I, I, anyway, yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm Pollyanna about it, but but I, but that's. How I'm feeling right now. Well, I don't now. know. It's a weird, if we're in a recession, it's a weird one because you, you're, I mean, we will probably do, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, we'll probably do the negative growth print so that will categorize us as a real recession because we'll have two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So that probably will happen. But I read an article the other day and I forgot the gentleman that was talking about this, but he, he basically said, I can't see us in a recession where we've the last report we gained four hundred thousand non-farm payroll jobs. So right. we're growing, and there's still he says there's still so many jobs. You know, we're un, uh, unemployment's low. Uh, a lot of parts, as you're saying, a lot of parts of the economy are very healthy. But what you know, we're seeing this negative growth. It just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. So this is a weird. Yeah weird recessionary environment all the way around which which actually will t- be testament in the reports that we're going to talk about here because it's just a lot of yeah. weirdness we're seeing yeah. growth and not growth and change and whatevs so you want to get into exactly. it exactly well we do it? yeah let's get into yeah. it because i think this is this is a perfect segue into the weirdness that uh, that we want to talk about for the show because there's lots and lots of things that happened this week that we can certainly talk about and of course it is earnings season uh for the second quarter and all of our favorite poster children uh reported this week it seems meta uh will link to a whole bunch of uh earnings releases and analysis of such in the show notes but ostensibly um will 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 just i'll just say them all and then we can talk about any one of them that sort of struck us and and so uh facebook uh of course meta uh reported a drop in revenue for the first time in its history the social network reported its first ever yearly decline in revenue for the second quarter announcing a one percent drop to 28.8 billion and predicted that growth in the third quarter could fall even more uh meta fell 36 percent to 6.7 uh the overall profit Profit rather for Meta fell 36% to 6.7 billion. Uh, the Reality Labs division, of course, which is building the whole wonderful metaverse for Mark, uh, lost 2.8 billion dollars uh, in the quarter. Um, Snapchat, which has been, of course, uh, by you know one of the more you know sort of quiet growth uh, stories of the last couple of years, uh, their post earnings crumble uh, and brought back to pre-pandemic lows um, and basically said that they had had a really not good quarter at all and their CEO saying we need to do better. Uh, and then we look at Twitter, of course, with our friend Mark Z- uh, with uh, uh, with Elon taking uh, taking. <laughs> center stage there. Twitter misses earning expectations and partially blames revenue drop on Elon's takeover bid, which, okay, maybe, maybe that's yeah, true. Exactly. Um, and then, and then finally, we just look at uh, Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft also 
uh, announced, and not too bad, actually. Uh, their earnings were, quote-unquote, dented by the cloud slowdown and video game sales drop. Um, but basically, it was a slow earnings growth um, hurt by a sharp uh, slowdown in the cloud business and declining video game sales and effects of the strong dollar. There we go. Um, basically, there, a lot of their revenue comes from overseas, and the strong dollar doesn't help them when they get paid in Deutschmarks and uh, you know pounds and 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 uh, e and uh, euro. So with all of that, um, Mr. Polizzi, what do you what do you make of all of these you know these earnings from these media companies, these tech companies, and um, and the future? My, meanwhile, by the way, Spotify says it's doing great. Yeah, you know, to your point before, Robert, most of these companies are still doing pretty good. So let's let's just. Couch, right. couch That's everything right. we're going to say that in, in that perspective. Snap is interesting. Snap is definitely taking a dual hit. One is from TikTok. There's no doubt about it. Um, a yep. lot of the, you know, it's interesting. We'll talk later about whether or not we, you know, we just talked about the recession. We talk, we're going to talk about advertising budgets in good times. You know, you'll have, I mean, back in the day where people actually invested in magazines and print advertising, you had a, an advertiser that would say, oh, yeah, I want to be with th- the whole market, three, four, five books. I want to advertise in all of them. Well, in bad markets, they say one or one or two. Well, Snap is like a third choice, I think, in a lot of cases, and they're getting cut where you're not going to cut TikTok and you're not going to cut maybe Meta, but you're definitely, I think Snap's not sort of on like, eh, what what are we going to do there? But revenue is still up 13%, users up 18%. But you saw in their results that they're making major cutbacks. So a lot of their R&D is going to be cut back. They're, they're going to let some employees go. And you're going to see that across all the companies that we're going to talk about here. So the one thing is the TikTok effect. The second thing is, I don't know if you noticed this, I'm sure you did, but a lot of these articles uh, talked about the influence that Apple's change, privacy change made in data collection and how it's hurt all these companies, Meta and Snap specifically, with people are, you know, they're not a- approving of uh, their data being used on those networks. And that's an Apple choice where they have the whole thing that comes up there and they're not getting the type of data that they were before, that free data that they want so much. And so they're seeing that impact them. So Snap's one, Meta. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what Meta's trying to be now that we've had this crypto winter and the metaverse might not be the thing right now. Where's that going to go? And, and for the first time, I'm hearing some people that are actually saying, hey, we don't need to advertise on Facebook. That Because it was always Facebook. And, and, their face, and their advertising platform has been tremendous. It's amazingly targeted. I mean, you know, we've talked about it, you know, if you have a conversation and your phone's around, you're going to be served up a Facebook ad about it. <laughs> in, in, right. The next that's time right. you go on that ad. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So that's that with Meta. And I want to get your take on that. But then uh, Twitter, again, huge. They're, they're just going to be flat. I don't think they're going to necessarily gain more users, but they have to monetize those better. Some kind of premium offer for Anybody that's got over a million followers that has to spend X amount, I think, needs to happen. That will revolutionize their business. I think the I think people who have more than a million followers or a significant amount will pay a premium to be on Twitter. And then all along, 
everybody's struggling with this whole thing with Apple and the privacy and with the recession and ad revenues. And then you got Microsoft that's just ho-humming along doing fantastic. And I know there was a, it talked to the article that we're going to put in the show notes, talked about a little dip in cloud, but come on, Microsoft is running on all cylinders. It is unbelievable that we would have thought, you know, seven years ago, eight years ago, when we started this podcast, when we were railing all over Microsoft to say that they're probably the sweetest company of all coming out of this thing. Yeah, it's... um hundred percent agreed with all of that. You know, it is Microsoft has, and, and you know, I, I fanboyed all over Microsoft a couple of weeks ago when, um, they, uh, they were the chosen ad platform for the new Netflix thing. That's right, yeah. And by the way, there's, you know, there, if anybody's going to purchase Netflix, they're right at the top of the list of some company, of a company that could acquire. By the way, you, you're Netflix. right. We haven't talked about that. That's in play. I mean, yeah, Netflix is down sixty five percent. Yeah, it's a bargain oh right now. God. So there's a there's a real there's a you know there's a non zero chance that Netflix gets acquired very quickly here, um, and Microsoft would be just the just the candidate to do it. Okay, yeah, interesting. You know. Before you go on, Microsoft, yeah. Apple, who else? Uh, not Apple. Um, and <laughs> we'll get into that again, but but yeah, not Apple. Uh, well, since they can't Microsoft buy Disney, for sure. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe yeah, but Netflix. they're not going to buy Netflix. Nah, they're not going to buy Netflix. I think, I think, I think Apple has carved out itself a, a look. I think Apple right now is getting ready to get into the automobile business, and basically uh, is like we're focused one hundred percent on that. You know that and their new VR stuff that they're that they're working on. I don't think they're. I don't think they really are focused on becoming a big entertainment player like a Netflix or or something like that. Amazon would be the other one that I could see. Um, Amazon is the is another obvious choice to uh, to acquire them. Although you you can argue that Amazon with their new acquisition of uh, the big you know the big healthcare company that they're also have their eyes on other on other areas. So I don't it doesn't feel like they really need it. Um, you know there I mean there's probably a few other media companies big media companies that could could do this or even carriers that could do this. Um, you know, like a Verizon or somebody like that, you know, I think that's probably a long shot, but, but, you know, there's, there's those options as well. Microsoft is a natural fit for me because it fits right into gaming. It fits right into their entertainment practice. It fits right into their ad business. It fits, you know, it fits, it fits really nicely into what they're looking like they're trying to do with that side of the business. Just, just an FYI, just as you're not that I wasn't listening to you because I always listen to you, but I was doing, I'm, I'm sure. doing research while you talk about this. This, this is a real time yeah. show as we're doing this. Yeah. And it talks about yeah. the suitors. This just came out. This is on Fast Company. It talks about the suitors for Netflix because it's been down. Same thing we're talking about right now. And it mentions, yeah. it basically says Amazon and Google's out because of regulatory issues. Disney, Warner, Discovery, the deal's too big for those, even yeah. though. Agreed. And it says the more interesting and plausible suitor is Apple. <laughs> no. Yes. No, no. Apple has no. tons of cash around 200 billion on its balance. Oh, that, it's not that they don't have the money. So it, they've got the they've got the, the I mean they could they could buy Netflix for for yeah, for I mean at the at a 60% discount basically for pocket change for them. But but it, it's not yeah. Uh no. It's not 
I don't see it in their... Here's the way I look at Apple. I looked at... Because the, the company has confused me about their media strategy for the last couple of years. You know, in terms of their original programming and the way they're going, what they're acquiring and what they're showing... It very much strikes me that from a media original programming perspective, Apple wants to be sort of the, you know, the high class niche, you know, very, you know, um, you know, very fitting with their brand, that kind of content, critically acclaimed. They want to be the sort of Bugatti of streaming. Is that what we're talking about? Kind of, right. You know, where you, you know, where you go for sort of, you know, very specialty types of programming, right? So their programming tends to be a little more, you know, a little more niche, a little more, um, let's call it focused, whether it gets the critical acclaim or not. You know, it just seems that they're going that way, that they're not trying to be like the kids network or a music, you know, or Netflix or, you know, broad popular superhero movies. You know, they're, it, it looks like they're not trying to do that. It looks like they're trying to be, a, you know, fit into a very small niche and be very profitable with that. And quite honestly, it makes sense because they have to, you know, in order to grow at their size, they've got to take on big, 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 big projects. And, you know, automobiles is, is one, right? So if they can make an Apple car, you know, that immediately makes them, that keeps them busy for the next decade, right? Well. So I just don't see it. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I, I think that we as. And by the way, the media business is a small business for them, Right. It's a small, you know, the media business, you know, something like Netflix and revenues and what they're talking about here is a small, that would be a very small business for them. Well, but I think if you're thinking of Netflix as it is now, I think that you and I have talked about Netflix as what it could be, that you're creating amazing customer experiences around a number of brands. I mean, Netflix just had that gray man with Ryan Gosling come out that's done very well. And they've already said, we're going to build a cinematic universe around that. We've talked about Netflix parks. There's a lot of things that could happen with Netflix because they've got a, a, a tremendous amount of valuable IP. So if you just look at, oh, Netflix is a streaming plot, yeah. But, I mean, you just mentioned cars. I mean, let's look at automobiles. I don't – like, I really think that in 10, 15, 20 years, Apple will have a car. Google will have a car. Like – these big brands are all going to be in the car business because that's what we're going to be spending our time. We're not going to be driving and we're going to be um, entertaining ourselves inside the car. And who's going to do that? Who's go- So it was this fight for the home for the longest time, but then we haven't had this fight for the car yet because self-driving yeah, isn't here. I just, so I don't, I think Apple prefers to be in the platform business, not in the content business. You know, let's not forget by the way, that Netflix's entire revenue would equal basically what Apple makes on AirPods. So, you know, it, it's 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 not a big, you know, as we've talked about on this show many times before, media is a very sexy business. It is a very visible business, but it is not a terribly huge business. It is not, you know, it doesn't have the same sort of uh, revenue potential as you know, as something like automobiles or you know iPhones or televisions or even virtual reality glasses at some at some well, level. Well, but as a touch, it, it doesn't. I don't know if it need for Apple, and we can go on to something else. But I don't think that Apple needs it to do that. I think it needs it as a regular touch point. It could it could use it. Doesn't need it. Apple doesn't need anything. But I'm just saying. Right. The, the, the fact that is you know everyone well it everyone does need something it does every it, day because it has to grow to 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 it apple has to grow in order to 
um, justify its, you know, its 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 earnings per share and 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 its share price and its and its multiple. So they've got to continue to grow, and in order to because they're so valuable now, you have to grow in meaningful ways. You know, growing a little bit of business is not going to move the needle at all. So they've got to look for low effort, high revenue potential. But and but that's you know, what I'm. But yeah, uh, I mean, the car for them will be the platform. I really believe that they're going to be dominant in the car industry. In the I agree. Years. I 100% and agree. And then with as that. you get, yeah. so basically, you get into your Apple Car, and then. What's your entertainment? Yeah, you could just use it as a platform like you do the phone, or Apple could have their proprietary apps like a la Netflix, if that was a thing. So we'll see. Well, yeah. I mean, you can argue they don't have that now, and they're doing fine, right? I think they're doing okay. You know, they're, I mean, I mean, come they're, on. Yeah, they're doing, <laughs> they're, just, <laughs> they're doing just I mean, fine. it could be doing better. I mean, just, yeah. just, just, just have this $200 billion yeah. just laying around doing a bunch of nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it is. So it's a weird time. It's a weird. It's a very, very weird time with the earnings. Um, I think a very opportunistic time for those of us out here sort of looking at things. So it's, you know, it's a time to really, really take a take a take a breath, look around and, and start thinking about innovation, because I think it's for me, it's that sort of churny bottom where where you sort of can start to see the roots growing of new things. And, and I think, uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity in that. You, Speaking of which yeah, consolidation is coming. We talked about this last episode yeah. because you're going to see it, this. Oh, as no we doubt. get into this recession a little bit. You're going to see the big become even bigger and buy these distressed companies. And I think that you've got, 100%. you've got, you at Netflix, you've got snap, uh, you've got Pinterest. There's been talk for the last couple of weeks about Pinterest selling to somebody. Um, so there, there you're, you're going to see that happen. In the next 12 months, I think. 100%. 100%. All right. All right. Well, so speaking of weirdness and strangeness, there's been some breaking news this week even. So, God, we are so topical this week. Um, the SEC is now reportedly getting into a probe of Coinbase over some insider trading that happened. And we talked about it on this show with uh, OpenSea. Um, and some things that happened there. And now sort of the, the smoke is beginning to encompass some even some familiar places with, you know, creator coins um, and, and with Rally. So I know you're following yeah. this really, really closely. Why don't you, why don't you explain what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I followed it specifically. I mean, we've talked a lot on the show about Web3 and where that's going and tokenization. And uh, it came... This came to my attention from a number of people that sent me a text about, uh, well, hey, uh, Rally was named in this DOJ SEC suit. What's going on? So I did a little bit of research. <laughs> was it? Was it? W- were the people texting you like, uh-huh, see, I told you. No. Or were they, <laughs> Most or, or, oh, of yeah. them were just, hey, I want to make sure you see this. Uh, uh, okay, got gotcha. But yeah. I got to yeah. tell you, in, in the last few weeks, there's been... I'll give you an example. I wrote an article about investing, and I talked about having 2% of investments in cryptocurrency, mostly like Bitcoin, Ethereum, ETH, and then I also talked about possible blue chip NFTs. And the editor got back to me and said, really? Like, cryptocurrency still? Like, And I said, yeah. I mean, I believe it more than ever. I'm still bullish and all this stuff. And so that's, I'm getting a lot of that, Robert, where like, oh, yeah, I mean, I thought we've, it's just so weird, though, right? I mean, this time, (laughs) this time last year, it was as bullish as bullish could get. 
Like things were, I mean, unbelievable. Web three is it? Decentralization. This is all hot. Whatever. And now a year later, everything's dead. This is the crypto industry. This has happened before, by the way, many times. But anyway, so let me go into this. I want to get your take on what's going on here. This affects you and I because I, you know, I have Tilcoin. You have Idea Coin. They're both sub tokens of Rally. So last week, the SEC DOJ filed suit against a former Coinbase employee regarding insider trading. And as part of that suit, the SEC framed nine tokens as securities, including our own rally tokens. So that's why we're taking it seriously. And there's a, But there's a bigger story here. So many in the crypto community start lashing out at the SEC, saying that the Securities and Exchange Commission is overreaching. Uh, they're making random decisions about what is and what is not a security. Uh, because they're they're SEC is trying to claim this area. They want to claim and regulate crypto. Now, there is another governing body called the CFTC, and the CFTC governs uh, and handles commodities. And they came out public many many executives within the CFTC publicly complained about the SEC doing this, saying that they're trying to regulate through enforcement. And they're not working together on writing a workable regulation, and that would happen in Congress. By the way, as we record this right now, Congress, the Senate, is having a hearing on crypto. The big, the reason why this is all happening between the SEC and the CFTC is because Congress can't create any regulation. So there's there's no idea of what makes a security and what doesn't, and cryptocurrency, and how should we treat it? Is it a commodity? Is it whatever? All right. So there's that. Now, yeah. By the way, uh, just to insert very quickly here, for those who think that the SEC doesn't get it, they, they just couldn't be more wrong. Like Gary Gensler who taught a class SEC. on cryptocurrency. Yes, he gets it. Yes. He absolutely gets it. MIT Media Lab, he, abs- he understands cryptocurrency better than most people on the planet. So he's – and he's come out very – I mean, he's – they have not changed their opinion on this, right? They have been talking about this for years and years and years about, I think the one exception that he's made is Bitcoin. Everything else he says, you know, should be treated more like a security, but he actually called Bitcoin um, uh, a commodity. commodity. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, they're fighting for, um, for space here in the crypto, both of these two entities. So, well, anyways, while all this is going on, the management team at Coinbase that were listed in this suit but not defended so they couldn't defend themselves, they they did a blog post, which I love. The post was titled, Coinbase does not list securities, end of story. <laughs> so great. <laughs> I'm like, they're taking their stand, right? Well, the SEC didn't like that very much because a few days after that, the SEC announced a formal probe into Coinbase. Whether they're, right. whether they're offering yeah. unregistered securities, by the way, when that happened yeah. a couple days ago as we record this, uh, Coinbase stock plunged 13%. So the whole thing is th- there's so much up in the air on this, Robert. We don't know what the regulations are. If if something like Rally was named a security, um, I mean, it would be unwieldy for them to work with all the tokens that they have. They probably wouldn't make it. It would be very, very difficult. But and by the way... Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I think, that, I think the, the answer to that is maybe. I, I think you, you can argue, actually, that the growth here, that this is actually the perfect time to do something like this. In other words, during a crypto winter where you've got 
you know, companies that have some level of foundation of funding and some level of runway to keep operating, um, the thing that they're most desperately looking for is some level of certainty about the future. And having this thing hanging over the heads of these companies that's like, will they or won't they regulate this in some way? And what will those regulations say is worse, arguably, than having regulation. That's exactly right. And so I think that's exactly. I right. think a lot of these companies are saying, you know, and and arguably, I could I could I mean, maybe Coinbase is, is is not did not do this, but I could you know make an argument that Coinbase went, you know what, let's let you know let's throw a bomb into the middle of the ring here so that the SEC starts to take action because we just can't operate in this uncertainty you know, environment anymore. We've got to get them to act so that legislation gets passed so that we know the rules so that basically we can, we can at least understand what those rules are because what you don't want is a company like rally or a company like, you know, uh, Coinbase to get super successful where their stock price is really high. And then the rules come down that make their stock plunge, you know, into the toilet because then you've, then you've tanked the entire company. So I, I think there's a positive way to look at this to say, you know, and it, I 100% agree with you that, that these companies like Rally are going to be stretched if, if they, but better to stretch better them to now. Better to have the decision, yes. Well, exactly. You're, better to have the certainty. You're right. This is probably a good thing. So you have the SEC and the CFTC that are catfighting, and you have somebody like Coinbase basically having their lobbyists into all the senators saying you guys better do so you get you better do something do now something yeah because exactly. your two internal agencies are fighting with each other about who's going right. to handle regulation for crypto and here's the crazy thing is this uh case about the um the coinbase employees they made less than two million dollars off of this deal and it's actually a wire fraud issue which is why the doj is right. involved yeah look at yeah put this into perspective this is like $1.5 million. That might sound like a lot of money, but this is not worth the SEC's time. They are making a statement. They're doing this specifically to make a statement and say, okay, good, we can start. Since Congress can't get off their butts and do anything regarding regulation, we're just going to create it ourselves. And then the CFTC sees the SEC doing it and say, hey, well, look at what the SEC is doing. We better figure out our own thing here. Because that's right. Whatever. Yep. So yeah, you're right. I think what's what's going to be really amazing is you're going to be in this. What what are tokens and even creator coins and NFTs? It's all sort of up in the air right now. But when the United States comes up with real approved regulation by both sides of the the House and the Senate, you're going to see a bull market back. I think in crypto because that we're just wanting. Well, I think that's exactly it. I think yeah. that's exactly it, right? Whatever it and is, so, whatever it is, just tell whatever us. it is, right? I mean, I uh, personally, with you know, with my tiny little idea coin, I would welcome the idea of having to sort of, you know, there's a, you know, there's a template disclosure, there's timing, there's, you know, all sorts of things. I would be happy to operate within some, you know, known guidelines and rules. If I also know that it protects not only me but people who you know hold the hold idea coin, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd welcome filing a few things and doing this and doing that, and you know, I mean, it's it, it's not it shouldn't be terribly onerous, and if it is, 
what it'll do is it'll kill it, right? So I think there's an I think that there's a nice tension between you know the the SEC's inherent uh, need to put some level of formality and regulation and consumer protection against this, as there is sort of a need from the business side of things to make things easy and efficient and scalable, and so. Hopefully, and again, maybe I'm being Pollyanna here, and naive, but I hopefully, what can come out of this is some certainty and some rules, and to say this is what's going to, you know, this is the way things operate. And I, then I 100% agree with you. Once we know that, then the value takes care of itself, and you start having, you know, you you pull all the uncertainty out of that, and now it can be a bull run, right? Now we can actually have increasing value based on performance. Uh, yeah, I, I, there has been, I mean, there's been a bill submitted that nobody thinks is going to make it through until 23, but I think they have to fast track something or this is going to get out of hand. Yeah. There's just too much in limbo right now. So I would love to see something happen. The reason why I talked about the unwieldiness for a company like Rally to do this from a legal standpoint is I know how much it costs for somebody to go public. And all the well, exactly expenses. right. But the, hopefully, it'll be different than that. Right? I'm hope, I mean, yeah. hopefully, it would be. I would, yeah. like to, I would like to think so. So we. we yeah, I mean, it's look. It's there's no doubt that no matter what it is, it's going to be a lot of work for a company like Rally. But I have to think that this is work that they relish getting, right? You know, in other words, it, it's it's they you know, and again, it may not be that that doesn't stretch them, and you know, and every company will be different here in terms of the amount of cash they have on hand and runway they have on hand to be able to do this kind of work. But that also flushes out the good actors and bad actors, right? In other words, this is this is the kind of thing that flushes out, you know, th- this is very, very, very similar to what happened back in the early 2000s with e-commerce and with internet regulations and all those kinds of things that flushed out a lot of the companies that were sort of fly-by-night and sort of, you know, doing all sorts of weird things with credit cards and credit card fraud and financial fraud and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, and, and a lot of that stuff got sorted out and the strong survived. And, and now that there are rules and regulations and all sorts of things about how taxing happens and all those sorts of things, it's better for those strong companies. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So. All right. Get to it, Congress. Fun. Yeah, right, do your, exactly. Do your job. Exactly. You, call, you have one job. Call your local, do, do your job. Do your job. Do your job, people. <laughs> Come on. It reminds me of the, uh, uh, the. Uh, do you remember the, this is this will totally date us. Remember the, to, the Twisted Sister video? Yes. What do you want to do with your life? <laughs> I want to rock. <laughs> uh, find that clip. It's a great one. Exactly. Anyway, it's uh, yeah. We've just alienated <laughs> half our audience. So thank you for that. I know they're young. They're young. <laughs> but go back and look for the twisted sister video. That was one of my favorites growing up. Um, all right. Uh, speaking of not being happy uh, with their provider, Instagram. Uh, f- totally interesting things here. Uh, Instagram knows you don't like what's going on with all the changes and just doesn't care. Uh, this story coming courtesy of the Washington Post, although there are plenty of uh, outlets covering it. In recent years, Instagram has rolled out a flurry of updates. It's sought to become an e-commerce powerhouse, a messaging app, uh, and a short-form video discovery platform along the lines of TikTok. Hmm, I wonder why. Uh, now this public identity crisis is bleeding into its user base. On Tuesday 
morning, Instagram, and that's this week, Tuesday, by the way, Adam Oseri uh, appeared in full damage control mode, facing the camera, wearing a bright yellow sweater, which... Really, he shouldn't. Um, He (laughs) attempted to quash a growing revolt among Instagram's most prominent users. Less than 24 hours earlier, Kylie Jenner, Kim Kardashian, and other high-profile influencers and my neighbors uh, shared a black-and-white graphic declaring, make Instagram Instagram again. Stop trying to be TikTok. I just want to see cute photos of my friends. Sincerely, everyone. Uh, And basically, what people are upset about is that Instagram's uh, move to video and trying to copy TikTok and certainly bolster some revenue for Meta, which, of course, just had a revenue decline. It's not uh, surprising there. Um, I think uh, Mark stopped by Adam's office, poked his head in and said, hey, remember that whole like TikTok thing? Do more of that, please. And Adam went, okay, boss. And basically, he's the all of us are sort of in the midst of this. Marketers consumers, TikTok users, Instagram lovers. What do you think? It's interesting because the CEO of Instagram, remember, did that video and TED Talk and whatever about the metaverse. It was getting all NFTs and they were going that way because why? Because Meta changed their name and they were going into the metaverse and tokens and all that stuff. And then, okay, well, wait, wait, that's not going so well. So now what do we do? Okay, we got at all. We got yeah. We got to do the whole TikTok thing. So I've got yeah. two takes. One, everyone's chasing TikTok, and I don't think it's a good strategy. For no, for, agreed, a hundred percent. No, we don't have to all be TikTok. Like Instagram can be Instagram, and it it's fine with that. So I I I guess I I still don't know what Meta is trying to be it seems desperate and i don't think they necessarily need to be desperate the second thing i would say is whenever changes like this are made i remember back when facebook made their first change to their desktop settings back in the day and everybody was like oh my god i I can't find anything whatever well in two weeks that was gone and everybody nobody worried about it anymore so this could be no big deal but i'm i'm a little bit tired of the we gotta follow the tiktok thing that seems to be and actually, I have a I have a rant about that that I'm going to talk about as well. So I think, I I think that it's okay for Instagram and Meta to do different things besides what TikTok is, unless you feel that TikTok is going to eat all these other companies and is this going to be TikTok? Uh, yeah, which I do not. By the way, I've gone on record a couple of weeks ago on this show and said I think TikTok is in for a in for a dive of of sorts. Um, in for a jumping of the shark. Um, it's not a bad call. I think it's coming. It's not a bad call because they're like I, at the tip yeah. top of the peak right now. So I really think, yeah, I really think there's there. I think that's coming. Um, and so I think the luster is going to wear off of that relatively quickly. Um, I, you know, is it tomorrow? No, but is it is it by the end of the year? Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I, I, but it's coming. It's coming in in relatively short order. And I think all of this, all of the other platforms chasing TikTok is a foolhardy game. Um, and because one, they're not going to catch it. Um, and two, if they, if they do, man, you know, if it's, it's like what happens when the dog catches the car, right? It's like, you know, because it will, they will suffer the same, same kinds of things um, that, uh, you know, so it's like Instagram was on such a good track 
right? With it's the way that it was going, the way that it was driving advertising, the way that it was driving revenue, the way that it was driving user engagement. I'm just not, you know, it's like, it's like it wasn't broken. I'm not sure why they felt the need to fix it. And so, uh, other than uh, the obvious reason of going and looking in and sort of having FOMO about what was going on with, with TikTok, um, and coupled with this lack of data and the ability, you know, the, the increasing, you know, loss of visibility across mobile of, of being able to track users and all those kinds of things that, at, that we mentioned at the top of the show with Apple, I, this, I think it's an even more foolhardy strategy to start to, to, start to make it a, disc, a video discovery platform that uses data to start to target advertising to you because you're just going to lose your main user base. Right, you're gonna. You may gain some level of TikTok audience, but the main loser user base, and and I think we can all agree that the Kardashians are definitely representative of that. Um, you know, if they move, you're gonna start to see mass moves of audiences off the platform, and that's not a good thing for for them at all from an advertising revenue sure. perspective. Basically, the you know the horse that brung them there, and so I I don't see this as a good move. For by them, um, you know, and I loved their move into the commerce space. I loved the move into the NFT space. I thought those were interesting enhancements to their already, you know, good platform. And I think this is, you know, this is bad. For, and, and by the way, they're not the only ones doing this, right? They're, you know, they're, they're you know, you know, it's all, it's happening in a lot of places trying to catch this sure. TikTok train and I think it's just a, a train that, you know, is is honestly on a road to to the same levels of, you know, I'm not saying TikTok's going to die. What I'm saying is, is that TikTok is, is due for a is due for coming down. Due for, it's, it's due, due for, for a correction. deceleration. It's due for a correction. That's, That's right. What you're saying. Absolutely. The, the last thing I would say, it's a good point. The last thing I would say is, you know, the Kylie Jenner, Kim Kardashian, whatever, uh, Oh, I didn't get my, <laughs> I didn't get my, my likes. I didn't get my views. You know what? That's what it's not your platform. Well, that's the it's not your that's they the real do thing. Whatever they want, so just stop whining. Yes, and that's right. <laughs> it they that's right. Instagram can do whatever they want. Meta can do whatever they want. That's TikTok right. Can do whatever they want. If you want a little bit more control, then create your own. Create your own. That's right. Something, something, something. Rented perhaps. land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Because this is, by the way, this is this is a story that stretches over marketing as well, right? Which is you know, for those that are buying and using influencers on Instagram to monetize that in a way, monetize that content and, and create those ads, this is disruptive to them as well. So this is this is disruptive to Kylie and Kim's business model. You know, as a consumer, they may go, oh, I want to see cute photos of my friends, you know, but no, as business oh, people, they want, they, as business people, this is, this is worse, right? It's worse than being on a consumer side. On the consumer side, it's annoying that you have to go, you know, to a different kind of interface to see your friends' cute photos. But as a business, when you start, you know, when you start, uh, you know, the algorithm starts weighting sort of the discovery videos and the discovery content more than on your followers. Now, all of a sudden your engagement goes down. Now, all of a sudden your revenue opportunities go down and that's, you know, so it's bad for business. So make no mistake that that's what they're really complaining about here. Uh, if you don't control your distribution, there's always a backlash. Yeah. You, just, you just don't know when it's exactly. going to happen. It always that's happens right. with every platform. And at some point, you have to make a decision. Say, okay, are we going to be a small player, or are we going to actually build out our own 
distribution and build our own audience and get our own data? Or do you just say, oh, yeah, I'll just whatever on Amazon and eBay and Meta and Instagram, TikTok, they can all keep my data and hopefully it'll work out. That never, yep. never works. Never works. 100%. Uh, all right. Let's do one quick story uh, before, we, before we jump into rants and raves here um, because it's a, it's a fun one. It sort of, sort of puts a bow on everything we've been talking about in this episode. And it is uh, coming courtesy of Axios. Uh, and it is talking about the media and tech sectors brace for an ad market slowdown. Uh, that's the headline. Year-over-year change in global advertising revenue by medium. And they look at it from 2010 all the way through a projection out to 2026. Um, and they can see that there is a slowdown. It says analysts have begun cutting projections for advertising growth this year, sending shockwaves through media and tech industries. Macroeconomic factors such as supply chain and inflation are causing a deceleration in ad growth at a level most companies hadn't anticipated when forecasting for the second quarter. And then it goes on through a few of the, uh, the, the sort of earnings that we talked about earlier in the show. But basically, they provide this sort of forecast here of the way that global advertising, and of course, we see the big dip in 2020, uh, and then the huge uptick in 2021, and then it's coming down in 2022. And by my read, uh, going flat for the next four years. Um, but you know, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I think the projections that we've had the previous few months were way too aggressive. I, I I think we're either in flat or a partially negative global advertising growth right now. Well, that's what they say here, right? Yeah. I mean, basically, it goes from one percent to zero percent, or you know, point five percent, or something. I mean, it's it's you know, it's not the wild swing from negative thirty to plus thirty that we saw from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, right? That's you know, no, I, so I agree. I think like, that I yeah, think that yeah. major advertisers and agencies are treating this as a minor recessionary market. Which means they're going to go that's to right. key players, and that's why you know, and it affects everybody. It affects creators out there. It's going to affect media companies. It's going to affect content marketing programs. The whole thing. So I think you just. I mean, I, I guess if I had a recommendation for content marketing folks out there, it would be make sure you're ready when people when the whole budget conversations come around and they say, "Yeah, we're gonna we need to cut some things." You know, just just be ready. Just be ready for what what you're going to well, say I think in the that's, case you're going to make. It's a great point um, because this is more perception than it is reality, right? Yes. Uh, and what I mean by that is, if you go back in history, if you go back, you know, I I have this slide that I teach in my class, which is I go back a hundred years, and you look at advertising and marketing spend as a percentage of GDP, and it just never, it never spikes that much. It's just pretty flat. In recessionary times, you've got some companies that increase their marketing budget, I think smartly, to sort of take advantage of the slowdown and get more reach and get, you know, cheaper reach. And then you've got some who pull back and, you know, and, and, and pull back, you know, accordingly. And, you, you know, but that perception of pullback often creates fear and it often creates this sort of effort of we need to cut, we need to stagnate, et cetera. And you talk about this all the time of the launching of Content Marketing Institute in 2009, 2010, 2011, when we were going through our last crisis and it was, you were able to stand out, right? We were able to, you know, we were able to be differentiated in a market that was scared to death. And for content marketers out there, especially for content creators out there, especially, I think this is this is this the, what I point to and look at this 
as an ad slowdown is like, this is an opportunity. This is our opportunity to show why owned media actually is more efficient in the long run, why investing in ourselves and investing in the long game that is content and building these platforms and building these audiences is a great thing to do now because A, it differentiates you, but B, when advertising does start to come back, you're now competing more effectively, more efficiently yep. than you are. So it now is the time to invest in owned media right now. And, and your point about perception, budgets are built on perception. So exactly. it, it, totally, it, totally, it, and they're 100%. kept and they're killed on perception. So that's, that's right. why we have talked about many times an internal marketing program to your key executives that hold the financial shoestrings. Oh should yeah, be sent on a regular basis so they know what you're doing with your content marketing efforts. It's just you know, so let them know. Like, as my good as, yeah. as my good friend in marketing at a big company used to say, it ain't what you do, it's what they think you do. That's right. And so, you know, and so make sure that they think you do what you do, what you actually do. So <laughs> communicate often and, and well yeah. about what it is you do for the company. Very good. Good, good, good. All right. Well, let's now get to our rants and rave section. Of course, um, the empirically favorite part of the show. And we're going to go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over making us feel like we've got a Chaco uh, taco or that we lack said Chaco taco. Uh Want me to go first, or do you want to go Let first? Me go. I got Let a me quick my, I've, I've got a quick one. Okay. Uh, this is just, I guess it's a commentary rant on, believe it or not, TikTok, which we've been doing a lot of in this episode. But this is from an article in the information called Throwing a Wrench in TikTok's Creator Factory. And it's an interesting concept that uh, the author's talking about. The one thing I didn't know is that there are now more than 39,000 TikTok accounts with over 1 million followers. That's way more than YouTube wow. that's been around for a long time. So it's that's amazing. So basically, that's an amazing step. Yeah. So basically, what this article is talking about is there's more uh, million plus creators out there and brands on TikToks, but in TikTok than any other platform. But they're having trouble monetizing it because it's fleeting. A lot of the people that follow you don't end up even seeing your videos. It's just sort of all over the place because why? Because TikTok controls that algorithm and they'll show people whatever they think they need to keep them on. So it doesn't matter what you end up doing. So you see a lot of creators get to a million fairly quickly, but then they don't know how to necessarily move that audience over to a YouTube or to an email platform or something like that. So it's just interesting as we're talking about TikTok needing a correction possibly that that TikTok is making a lot of these million plus followers, but not helping those people create a business in any way. And from a marketer standpoint, not necessarily seeing anything on the marketing bottom line because you just you hit a couple big ones, you get a couple follows, and then where do I go from there? So I'm not saying that's the case in, all, in all, every situation, but you're seeing it in a lot of situations. It's like, great, I've got a million followers. What now? And I think TikTok's creating a lot of those situations. So interesting stuff. Yeah, that is really interesting. Fascinating. So, what do you have, sir? Um, uh, you know, what I have is, uh, I guess you would call it a commentary. I'm not really sure it's a rant, but maybe it'll come off that way. So this week, uh, the NFL launched its new quote unquote streaming service, uh, called NFL plus. Uh, which is mostly a, there is a web component to it, but there is, it's primarily a, an app that you put on your mobile device. And 
I, I got to say, I mean, you know, so <laughs> listeners of this show will know that both of us are, I guess the word would be extreme NFL fans or, uh, you know, we are definitely football Some fans, people think right? this is an NFL show, actually, which is That's weird, right. But That's whatever. right. Which we haven't talked about in a long time, yeah. but in its training camp, yeah, by the way. Up, we um, will. Which we will. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, the, the point being, uh, I had, I had, so I knew this was coming, right? I knew that they were planning this. And I was excited for it. And I was excited for, uh, because I'm a, you know, I, I have DirecTV. And the only reason I have DirecTV, by the way, is because for NFL Game Pass that, um, uh, or, or Sunday Ticket, rather, that uh, uh, provides me the ability to watch my Cowboys every Sunday, no matter where I am, no matter, you know, where, where, whether they're playing at home or not, uh, and from Los Angeles. And so I, I never miss a game, right? And so it's great. I love it. Um, and I can watch basically, you know, commercial-free, red zone channel all day long until my uh, until my Cowboy game comes on. So, you know, I can sit and work in my office and I can watch it online and it, it's just a genius thing. When I heard about NFL Plus, I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic because um, there are a lot of things about the DirecTV interface, the, the way that it works that I don't like, that I sort of put up with. And I was like, finally, the NFL is going to put something together for me that is just like exactly what I need, only what I need, and exactly what I need. And it is just not that. It is just it, all they've done is rebrand what is commonly known as NFL Game Pass, which basically you can sign up on NFL.com and you pay like four bucks a month or whatever it is, and you get the preseason games. You can watch any preseason games, and you get sort of access to uh, the radio. Uh, live of all the games every Sunday, so kind of useless. To, I because I just never listen to the radio version of it unless I'm on an airplane, literally during the game. Um, and uh, lastly, it gives you some you know some ability to go back and watch old games. Right? Useless. I, I mean, it's been fine. I mean, I pay. Trust me, I pay, and I'm now a member of NFL Plus because I paid for Game Pass, and they, you know, they renewed my membership and gave me now access to this NFL Plus thing. And I'm just like, it's just the biggest yawn ever, and it's just such a missed opportunity, I think, and such a continuation of the NFL's sort of, you know, ineffectiveness at 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 really building a deep level of engagement that goes beyond sort of tolerance with their fans. Um, and so it, to me, it was just such a missed opportunity to do something special and to do something big and to do something interesting. And I know why they did it because they've got contracts that run through years yes. with broadcast networks. They've got contracts with DirecTV. They've got contracts with all these other folks. They can't go competing with their own distribution networks. But having said that, it's it's sort of to me like it, this feels very sort of like hey can we nickel and dime you out of another nine bucks a month for something else that's not as good as what you thought it might be great that's where that's us we're the NFL anyways that's my that's my commentary I th when is the direct TV deal done isn't that done next year it's done very soon yeah it's so, within the next so year or two so basically yeah. this this uh, yawner aside. We would Maybe. we would assume that next year would be the big unleashing. I of. can't imagine that they're going to pull it, you know. And there's some. By the way, this year they will have some games on Amazon Prime. Um, they've made a deal with Amazon Prime, so I'm I'm not confident that they're going to that they're not going to move it somewhere else. Basically, 
you know, basically what they've done is they've pulled away from the, so it used to be if you had, and I had Verizon too, um, not because of the NFL, but, but, but I just happened to have Verizon. And if you had Verizon, you got access to the, the one game per, per week. They had this deal with Verizon slash Yahoo that gave you access. And now that's gone. It's interesting about the streaming networks. You've got Apple did a deal with the MLS and it has one with the major league baseball that they're doing some games. I, wa- I watched yeah. the, the Guardians play uh, the other night on Apple TV, which was the first time. Like, wow, that's happening. And then you've got Amazon, and then, of course, Yahoo is in the mix on NFL. It's it, it's it's interesting. I bet you Netflix is going to get involved in this as well. You're gonna, it's it's going to be an interesting fight to see who gets the rights, ultimately. Unless NFL just – which yeah. I think yeah. that the NFL should do because it's got such a following. They just say, forget all you people. We're going direct. That's what I, well, that was, you know, that was not, not unsurprisingly, that's kind of what I thought they were, or maybe I hoped that they would do, right? Yeah. I mean, is, 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 is add a direct TV style access to the live broadcast games through, and honestly, it's one of those things where I would have paid, uh, even though I have DirecTV and the Sunday ticket, I probably would have paid for it as well um, because, you know, honestly, I'm that big a fan, right? So it's like, oh, I have a choice. I can go sit in my living room and watch DirecTV or I can basically open up my iPad and open up NFL.com and NFL Plus and watch it there, you know, and not bother my wife and, you know, and put on my earbuds or whatever. So it's, yeah. to me, it's, it's there's so much opportunity here that there, that is just going you know, it, it seems that they're being hamstrung um, by themselves, honestly. Yeah, I, I I would assume that next year, once they're out of this direct TV thing, I would hope to see something big from them. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But it'll be interesting. To a lot of politics go on there. So, whew. oh, we yes. See. Oh, Very political. yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. You're waiting if your quarterback gets Oh, jeez, don't so. see. I was just in a good mood, and now I've got to, <laughs> This is – everyone, every Browns fan right now is just in distress because, oh, is it yeah. going to be eight games? Is it going to be the full year? And we're like, why? We didn't even have to go through this. We had a quarterback. He was That's healthy. right. He was healthy. Right. He was going to be fine. Right. No, we got to go through right. this stuff. Whatever. Yeah, and now you'll get a backup that didn't want to play for you, so – Oh, what are you Lord, do? it's going to be a long oh, season, but yes, maybe indeed. they'll win the whole thing. Indeed. Yeah, maybe it'll be like maybe they, wouldn't it be funny if they did? Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if they did? And then, right? well, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, and then everyone will forget about it, and all they'll be like, it was all worth it. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. So, what do you get this week? Uh, we have our big golf outing on Monday. Uh, oh, that's or- fantastic! 16th yeah. annual Orange Effect Foundation Golf for Autism. We've got over 160 golfers this year, this year. Lots of support from a ton of organizations. So it's uh, yeah, it's a great effort, and all that money, of course, goes to kids in the United States. Uh, we support right now over 200 kids in 34 states with grants to help them get speech therapy. So, and all that money goes toward that. And so, such a great yeah, thing. So that's uh, it's it's a good, wonderful effort, and we get to see lots of friends. And hopefully, there'll be no rain, and and we can. We can have some hit some golf shots and and have some some good Fantastic. some good fun and raise for a wonderful cause. How about you, sir? What do you got going on? Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it, I'm I'm doing a lot of writing. So for whatever reason, I've got a lot of writing to do in terms of uh, I've got you know some white papers to write. I've got some research projects going on. 
Um, consulting, it as it usually does, dies down in July and August. So um, I'm very happy to have you know a lot of heads down time in front of you know doing research and and doing a lot of writing. So that's what I've been doing, and hopefully it's going to get not so hot, so I can get outside and play outside for a little bit because it's just been ungodly yeah, hot here in Southern it California. It seems like the world is going through this yeah. heat wave. I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. One might one might think that there's like you know climate change or something happening. Yeah, I, I wonder you know. what's happening there. I no, we have no clue why this is all happening. We don't. No. We don't. So we, we, we couldn't even wish, point to one wish thing. We, yeah. Wish we knew. I wish we knew. Yeah, so, anyway. I wish we knew. All right, that is it for that. Um, thank you, by the way, to all of the folks who uh, sent over wonderful story ideas. That, of course, the the lovely Heath Dingwell. Thank you, Heath, for your story idea. Joe Bagonis, uh, thank you for yours. Wonderful, um, and uh, and and all of you who submitted uh, story ideas through the Twitter hashtag. We'd love that. Thank you, by the way, for all of those who did reviews. Um, should we continue our little review? Yes, thing, absolutely. Joe? We're 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 we're, lo- so, we're loving paying out all the uh, tilt coin and I'm loving coin. paying out in this in this new securities world. We're loving paying out uh, our social coin. Um, you know, so give us a review. Get twenty bucks in uh, yeah, just, uh, in, in in idea or tilt at or idea and tilt, I should say. Yeah. So basically, um, people just let us know. People are letting yeah. us know. Go, they're going to this old marketing site and they're pinging us and saying, "I just put up the review," and we're saying, "Great, I see the review." And uh, and we send it on, so uh, so yeah, and then great, and send, then send over your your rally network ID, and we yep. you get some uh, get some coin you in go. your in your coin. Um, and I, in the meantime, by the way, for, for all of that, you know, you can always go to visit this old marketing site to get to our show notes or any of the other three hundred and thirty three episodes. Um, and of course, remember to hashtag us up. We love those story ideas uh, as well. And until we meet again next week, just remember, folks, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on this whole